Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I'm Marvin Williams. And today is episode 88, 88. Wow. And wow. we are continuing our series talking about spiritual rhythms and habits. Today, we're talking about simplicity, which is a different, even type. We've talked about um, habits so far that would be maybe specific things you would block out a time of your day to do, whether that's Bible reading or prayer, but this is more of a lifestyle perspective. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's probably one of the more difficult ones for me and we'll, we'll dive in <laughs> in a few minutes. Uh, and remember when we talk about spiritual habits and disciplines, we are talking about creating space for God. These are not, and this is not an end in of itself. We do these practices so that we might create space in our hearts so that we might draw closer to God. So just want to keep iterating that because it can, we can easily kind of go into, let me just check the box right. and miss God. And we don't want to do a discipline or a habit and start doing a habit about getting close to God and miss God. And so this is really about how how do we create space in our heart? So we'll always start with a question. So I am ready. All right. All right. So how do you feel about giving away something that you still, that you love and that you still use? Oh, um, that would be, if it's something I still love and use. Now I have had the time uh, when, you know, our kids have outgrown clothes right. and I've passed them on to other families. And then I get to see the, you know, the little girls still wearing the dress that I loved that Lauren wore to such and such. <laughs> right. That I love. If I can still have a little contact with it, um, even makes me think of my Saturn car that I had for the longest time. And we sold it to one of Steve's former football players who lived in our neighborhood. And I still got to see that Saturn. <laughs> he actually came to me and said, Mrs. Kirsten, I'm going to sell the Saturn. I just wanted you to know. He, he told you. He really did. It was so cute because he knew I had a little sentimental heart towards it. But in general, I'm not a super sentimental person when it comes to things. Okay. So I, I like to have less in general. So it may not be as hard. This might not be as hard for me as other things, but okay. But the Saturn that did have a special okay. place. All right, in all right. Well, well, how for, about you? For me, it's it's there are days it's difficult because I bought this thing because I like it. I bought it because I wanted uh, I wanted to use it, and and um, and there are times where the Spirit of God says you need to give that away, mm -hmm. and there are days where I kind of fight tooth and nail over that because. I think I, I realized after the fact that he's trying to create a, help me to create a simplicity in my life. And he's also testing uh, where my heart is. And yet I find uh, it very, sometimes very difficult to give away things that, um, that I still use, mm -hmm. that I still love. And that's, it's one of those things that the Holy Spirit is still working on. And so, so we're different in that way. And if, yes. if, if, if someone bought my Saturn, I could care less whether I saw it or not <laughs> again. <laughs> like I'm glad, good riddance kind of thing. So, well, and you, you kind of started off with this whole idea of simplicity. And like we've done every other discipline, or we like to call them habits or practices, we want to define what simplicity mm -hmm. is. And this is part of the reason why I think it's difficult for, for a lot of followers of Jesus, because simplicity is about letting go. Mm -hmm. um, it is about loosening our attachment to owning and having. 
Um, it really is about uncomplicating our lives so as to not only make room for God, but also make room for what matters in our lives. And so we live in a culture, Carolyn, where right. we want more and more stuff. I mean, the, the next iPhone that's, you know, that's coming out or the next article of clothing, something, you know, it's, we are inundated with, you know, marketing, buy, buy, buy. And, um, and we have a house full of stuff, a garage full of stuff, a basement full of stuff, closets. Mm -hmm. And so, and now we need a habit to actually help us to uncomplicate our lives yes. and simplicity is that spiritual practice. And that, that is just what I was thinking. We need a spiritual practice because just left static, we will accumulate upgrade. Um, I mean, even this, <laughs> right, even right. this very morning, I had a conversation with a neighbor and she was talking about how, yeah, she just doesn't like the landscaping in the front and she just wants to rip it all out and start over. Is there anything wrong with her landscape in the front? <laughs> no, there is not. But, and I can do the, say the same thing. Yeah, yeah we just, yeah, the neighbor yeah. across the street just sold their house. So they have to look at the side of our house that I never have to see. I probably should spend some time. <laughs> I don't know that that yeah, actually yeah. matters, but yeah. our culture does say, upgrade, accumulate, get the next thing, you know, make, go to the next level with anything, whatever it yeah, is, yeah. a car, our landscaping, our clothing, our home decorating. Absolutely. It's endless. Yep. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So someone can, um, someone will hear this. Now, if you hear, you make sure you share it. Uh, uh, someone will hear this and say, so are you all saying that we can't have nice things that Christians cannot and should not have nice things. Is that is that what we're saying? It is not. Okay, all right. But it what we are saying is to be intentional yeah. and pay attention to yeah. what you have and what it's costing you. Not just dollars, yeah. Yeah. but in your time, in your effort. I mean, everything we own then comes with a cost yeah. of maintenance of I mean Yard work alone, I could talk on that for, a, and it's right happening right now. But all the things that owning something then requires of us, yeah. and additional resources, yeah. additional time. Yeah. So. so, so, and and that's that's really really good. And so it becomes a, um, it really does become a heart issue yes. with this. So it's not about not having nice things, and it's not if 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 something is broken um, and you want to upgrade then, okay, if it works better, more efficiently, then upgrade it. But, you know, but it really comes down to the heart. And, and we're going to, we have a couple of passages that actually get to the heart of the matter mm -hmm. of simplicity. And, and it seems like when Jesus is talking about possessions and material things, or, or when he's talking about simplicity, it always kind of centers around material things. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we're going to see a couple of passages that actually help us to see, to see that. So, yeah. And the first one is Matthew six verses 19 to 21. And it's pretty short. So I think I'll yep. just read it because yep. it does talk about treasures, uh, starting with 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moss nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. 
for where your treasure is, mm. there your heart will be also. And yeah, there yeah. is that connection between yeah. our treasure, those things, the stuff yeah. that we value that does reveal what is most important to us in our hearts. Yeah, absolutely. And again, Jesus, the, the context of this, this is a Sermon on the Mount. It is, um, this is what people's lives look like when God is large and in charge. This mm -hmm. is what it looks like for the reign and rule of God to be at work in a person's life. And so with that, um, a person who is submitting their lives to Jesus on a regular basis, again, this is a day by day thing. Yep. Um, it This person, he or she is saying, I am recognizing the pull, the strong pull of things, mm -hmm. strong pull of material things. And if I am not careful, if we're not careful, my heart can actually be turned toward those. And then I began to idolize and worship those things or spend more time with those things. Like you mentioned, even more time than I spend with God. I've seen individuals, we've all seen individuals. You go to the, you go to Meyer, you go to Aldi, or you go to Kroger, and someone has parked their car across three parking spaces because <laughs> they do not want anybody parking next to them. Why? Because they don't want anybody scratching their car. I I get that, but it it that's a bit much. Mm -hmm. And so so there's this sense where Jesus is after our our heart. And um, when he talks about storing up treasure, don't store up treasure here on earth because it is unprotected moths and thieves. I love just the practicality of <laughs> yeah, that. Like, yeah, that's yes, right. Things of this earth will wear out, Absolutely. rust. Absolutely. You know, Somebody will take it. Uh, yes, could get stolen. All of that. Just super practical. Yeah. So don't put all of your efforts, your time, your resources into things of this earth. I, and, and what do you think, so what does it mean? Um, what is the meaning of treasures in heaven? Cause it's not, so if we're talking material things, right, right. we're not, it's not like cryptocurrency or something. <laughs> it's treasures in heaven. It's out there somewhere in cyberspace. I don't really understand that. Uh, so what does treasures in heaven actually mean? So you got me with the cryptocurrency. Sorry. So, uh, <laughs> um, so, so when we, when Jesus is talking in this, it, obviously he's using metaphor, he uses metaphors and similes all the time. So when you talk about treasures in heaven, like, like God says, I am going to give you the ability to create wealth. And so I give you the ability to do that, to take care of your family, to do a lot of things that, um, that help to supply your own personal needs, your family needs, but also the needs of other people. So it really is taking the resources that God has given us and circulating and recirculating them for the advancement of the kingdom. Yeah. So it is, I am going to, I am going to take some money that God has given me that I've made on my job and I'm going to uh, bring relief to, uh, to the poor. I am going to take this money and I'm going to circulate it and recirculate it and give it to a missionary so that they might share the gospel to unreached people groups. It is, I'm taking some of the resources and I'm going to share it with local, Locally and globally with people so that the gospel might be 
be heard so that when we get to heaven, somebody will say, I am in heaven. And it was this organization that shared the gospel with me. And it's like, Carolyn, you gave to that organization. Mm-hmm. And it's like, your that's your treasure, uh, your treasure in heaven. And so there's this sense where we're circulating, recirculating money for the advancement of the kingdom so that people, so that the, so that God's reign and rule might be seen in the world. People who are far from God might know him through the resources that we give to organizations, to ministries, local and global, uh, that kind of thing. So, so I think that does that yet anything to add to that? Yes. No, I think that is great. And then the, the other scripture passage we wanted to highlight was in Mark chapter 10 verses 17 through 31. This is a conversation Jesus has with, we don't know his name. We call him the rich young ruler. Yeah. 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 Uh, So we can, the, the story, what happens This man, this young man approaches Jesus and says, Hey, I want to follow you. And Jesus says, well, you know, what, why, what, why, why should you be a follower of me? And he says, well, I've kept all of the laws. He is a good kid. He's done. He's made great choices. (laughs) He says, I've obeyed the law. And Jesus says, that's wonderful. Here's one more thing I want you to do. Jesus always, he Mm. always brings the drop. He always brings the drop. That's right to it, doesn't he? (laughs) And he says, I want you to go and sell and give away all of your possessions. Whoa. Yeah. And the young man says, I mean, now this is Carolyn's uh, version, but he says, wow, that's, that's too much. And I picture, I, this story is powerful to me because I can just picture him. He's caught in the tension of he wants to follow Jesus. Like it was his idea. He came to him. I'm I'm in, I love what you're saying. I love, I want to be a part of what you're doing, but the things of this world had just too tight a grip and he couldn't let them go, yeah. which, oh, it just, I think yeah, it's, yeah. it's great. It's <laughs> yeah, great yeah, drama, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's so yeah. powerful because yeah. we can see that too. Like how, whether it is possessions, whether it's a project that we're working on, but the thing, we want to follow Jesus. We do. We really do. But what is it that's holding us back? Yeah. And sometimes it is, if we're talking about simplicity, the opposite would be complex. The complexity. Yeah. Yeah. Of our lives and yeah. what we have to have to, in air quotes, put time into and and um, our focus on. Yeah. So Jesus, Jesus was trying to give this man a gift. He was trying yeah. to help him on. He was trying to help him uncomplicate his life. And now, does this mean that every single person um, go? You know, Carolyn, sell your house, right. sell your cars, and um, and and give the proceeds to the poor. I mean, what is Jesus asking us to do that? The simple answer, no. <laughs> okay. Not necessarily. We talked at the beginning that this simplicity idea is a heart issue. Yeah. It's not a specific amount of cars that you should have per person in your home. Or, exactly. You know, we don't have those kind of details outlined. The Pharisees tried to do things like that yeah, yeah. and added um, extra weight. But Jesus is calling this young man to look at his heart. Yeah. And what that was, his possessions was what was keeping him from fully following Jesus. Now, Jesus goes on to say, after that young man walks off and he says, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven for that very thing. What the weight of our possessions, the weight of our wealth, hmm. it is a hard cycle, yeah. a hard difficulty to unleash ourselves from. Yeah. So it is, I don't, it is not a mandate to give everything away, but it is a warning to all of us. Absolutely. 
to pay attention to what has a, what has a grip on Love us, it. what is taking our time, what is taking our resources, and are we just caught? And that's preventing us from giving, from serving, from storing up those yeah. treasures in heaven. Friends, listen, this is, this is, and again, we've talked about a number of other practices. And as Carolyn mentioned earlier, you, you mentioned it earlier, Carolyn, it is, this is a lifestyle change. This is a culture in the heart that says, I am, I am willing to live life with open hands. And if God calls me to um, give up something that I love or that I still use, then am I willing to do that? And, and Jesus does this. And this man was unwilling um, to part with, to um, to detach mm-hmm. from the the whole ownership thing. And and again, we don't know. Very, there's a so much we don't know about this guy. We don't know if if he was watching the ticker tape on the stock market every you know every day. <laughs> uh, we don't know if if um, if if his his housing units or whatever, however he was making his money, they were causing problems. We don't know that, but there was something that drew him to Jesus mm-hmm. that is money could not give him, yeah. uh, that his material possessions could not give him. So why would he even be coming to Jesus if everything in his, if, if yeah. money and material things filled up every part of his heart? So so we, we could, you know, there's so much we could have dived in on this, but why is this such an important practice, yes. habit, lifestyle change. And I do think we've kind of made it sound, and it is a sacrifice, <laughs> but, but there are benefits to it to following this practice too. I'm not sure we've made this sound very heavy and difficult, which it can be, but yeah, yeah. there are benefits to doing it as well. And I think perhaps you've experienced a piece of that when, and the piece of peace, <laughs> when we have less, there is freedom. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, even this is, you know, the uh, the whole capsule wardrobe concept of just having a few pieces of clothing that you are choosing from or go full on Jack Magruder and just black <laughs> and khaki every day. The beauty of that, though, the beauty of that simplicity, he's not standing in his closet like I can do sometimes. Trying to figure out what he's going to wear. Trying to figure out. And I even get frustrated with myself. <laughs> like, why am I spending time deciding what to wear? This is the silliest. And then it just spirals. Right. A peace and a untangled freedom. Yeah. When we don't have so much yeah. or don't have so many options. Yeah. Absolutely. So that That is attractive to I, me. I, I love it. You're free to be generous. Um, we follow the example of Jesus. Jesus was, uh, again, um, didn't have a house, mm-hmm. didn't have a car. Um, like he, obviously they, again, everyone knows what I'm talking about when, when I say that, you know, they walked uh, a lot of places. He, he stayed at other people's homes. Yeah. And, um, so there's a, there's a level of, um, we're, we're also following in the footsteps of early church leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so this is not a, this is not a stream, uh, a made up stream that we're swimming in. This is not something that, oh, you, you all are making this up. No, that, that Jesus, what lived a simple life, early church fathers and mothers lived a simple life. Um, it, it really does, as you mentioned, it creates margin, it creates freedom. It creates a heart of generosity toward other people. Um, and I, it, it helps us 
put our identity in Christ yeah, instead absolutely. of our possessions. Absolutely. Because for sure, it, that is that battle between treasures on earth and treasures in heaven. When, the, when you have so much treasure on earth that requires more yeah. of your focus, yeah, yeah. it is very easy then to have that be your identity. And that's what you, you value even about yourself yeah. versus the simpler that is then that enables you to focus more and yeah. have your identity more rooted in Christ. Absolutely. So, so how do we, how do we do this? How do yeah. we, you know, as we, you know, prepare to kind of wrap up, um, how, how do we actually begin to practice mm -hmm. simplicity? And, and again, yes, it's a practice, but what you said, again, reiterating, it is really a lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. And this simplicity is, it, it is kind of a cousin of minimalism, mm -hmm. but, but minimalism, I'm getting rid of things so that I might have margin in my house. But, but when we talk about a spiritual practice of simplicity, kind of same in the same vein, we're saying we're making room for God. Mm -hmm. We're focusing our attention on God. And so God can get a hold of our hearts. And so, so I want to make, I, again, minimalism is, is a great, great practice, but I want to make that little sliver of a distinction is not all minimalists are opening their hearts to God. And yet, and yeah. that's what we want to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. And and what simplicity looks like. It may look like downsizing your Absolutely. possessions. Absolutely. It may just having less stuff yeah. because then that requires less maintenance. It may be simplifying your wardrobe so you eliminate some of those choices. It might look like shopping at Aldi where they have one kind of chocolate chips instead <laughs> of this was me yesterday. I went to Meyer, which I usually shop at Aldi. And can do our family's grocery shopping in less than 30 minutes. And I love that so much. And a big part of it is that you just have less choices. Yes. I was at Meyer yesterday and stood with this other woman in front of the chocolate chips for <laughs> several minutes. And she and I are both like, okay. You got the chunky, you got the chewy, you I, got the and, the... and then the different brands and which one's on sale. And is that actually sale price less than the other one? I mean, it was... Even I thought about that we were recording this today and I thought, I'm talking about this because this is silly that I spent several minutes choosing chocolate chips for crying out loud. So thank you for a ready-made illustration. <laughs> so less choices, whether that yeah. is in your shopping, whether that's even apps on your phone. I mean, yeah, just yeah. reducing those things that can distract us yeah. and take our time, take our money, take our efforts, yeah. um, all of that. I think another... Um, benefit and, and what this can look like, it frees us up to just enjoy simple pleasures with that don't have expense. Yeah, absolutely. And even planning for that. Right now, it's a beautiful time of year to be outside and going for a walk or drawing with sidewalk chalk with your kids that you already have in the garage versus a more extravagant um, trip to the water park. You know, turn on turn on the sprinkler and or have a water that's the, fight. That's that's and the way we those, did it when we were growing up. Those are some <laughs> simple. Those two fall under simplicity yeah, yeah. and just choosing to enjoy simple, small, inexpensive pleasures can be another way. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I want to give I want to give a number of questions. These questions are not original to me, but they they really do get at the heart of the matter when we talk about. Um, um, simplicity and where, where our hearts are, where our how do we, how do we, how do we metric our hearts? How do we measure what's in our hearts so that we know where our hearts might be? And so here, here are a couple of, here are a few questions. Um, what occupies my thoughts 
when I have nothing else to do. Hmm. So what, what occupies my daydreams? Mm-hmm. So that's the first question. Second question is, what is it that I fret about most? So what are the things I'm fretting about? Chocolate chip cookies. I'm fretting about chocolate. <laughs> um, a third question, apart from uh, a parent or a sibling or children, what do I dread losing most? And then a fourth question, um, what are the things I measure others by? This is all about comparison now. What is it Mm -hmm. that I measure other people by? Um, I measure people by like, like, like grills sometimes. Like I I have a grill that I have in mind. I I want to get a particular grill and I'm measuring like, okay, I think I want that grill because no, I think I want that grill. And so, so we have a tendency to compare our lives to other people. And so, um, and, and what they have. Mm -hmm. And then finally, a final question is, what is it that I know that I cannot live without? What is it that I know that I cannot live without? And I think if we can ask these questions of ourselves and answer them honestly, I think we can get at the heart of the matter Mm -hmm. and and we can begin to change the culture to instead of having a complex and complicated life, we can let Jesus begin to uncomplicate our lives and allow us to live a life of simplicity, following in his footsteps and the footsteps of early uh, early followers of Jesus as well. Those so, are great. Those yeah. are really good questions. And that might be something you do a couple times a year. As, you know, this isn't a daily habit, yeah, yeah. but it is something that takes intention and takes circling back, whether it's a new season or a new stage of life. It's worth taking a, a moment, taking it, taking some time to think through those questions, to evaluate. Um, you know, spring cleaning provides a great that phrase of a great opportunity to do some purging and downsizing. Um, but it, it is a good spiritual practice to incorporate yeah. regularly in our lives. Yeah. What can we What can we learn about God? Mm-hmm. What can we learn about ourselves? Well, I think when we employ this habit of simplicity, what we can believe about God is endless. I mean, we can see if part of our holding on to things is because we don't trust him to provide. Well, when we release those things, we can believe he is a provider that we can trust him with our possessions, with our, with our family, the care for our family. Um, And then for ourselves and others, I just think, because I've had little taste of it. I had the opposite of it yesterday in the Meyer (laughs) chocolate chip aisle, but I do love the freedom the mental freedom even that comes with living a simple lifestyle that I can really focus on the things that are most important, those things that have eternal value and not get stuck in the distracting elements instead. Yeah. I'm going to draft off your, your first one. And that is, man, I can believe that, that God is trustworthy. He knows my needs. He knows your needs and he is committed to meeting uh, meeting our needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew chapter six, the earlier part of that chapter uh, that we read is that um, Jesus says, our heavenly father knows what we need. He He's numbered the hairs on our heads. He takes care of the lilies of the field and they are not as uh, Solomon is not finely as finely robed as these lilies. And so believing and trusting that um, our very powerful, uh, awesome God knows our needs and will supply them. And um, and he's waiting for us just to ask him. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, friends, thank you for joining us. 
take time to share this episode with someone this week, sit down and have a conversation about how you might challenge each other, um, explore this idea of living a simpler life, embracing the spiritual practice of simplicity. Simplicity.